everyone. It's that time again for another episode of Dirt Road Discussions, where we are all about agriculture all the time. I'm your host, Cam Hammond. As always, we are joined by the co-host and all-star of Dirt Road Discussions, Ott Clark. Ott, are you feeling ready for the podcast today? Cameron, I am ready to take our podcast international. Awesome. I am as well, and I think we are going to do that today. As you know, Ott, we are all about agriculture here on Dirt Road Discussions. But just curious, have you been following baseball very much this year? I usually turn in, tune in in October. So it's time for me to, to get ready to uh, cheer on my Colorado Rockies, I guess, oh. or my, my closest team over here. I didn't know you were a Rockies fan. Is it just because of proximity or just you, you uh, like the rock, the rock show there? You know, uh, Randy Johnson was my man back about uh, 20 years ago. And ever since he retired, uh, I just haven't, haven't found a new, new love affair, new, new favorite pitcher. But maybe today, maybe today I'll, I'll find out who I should have been cheering for. <laughs> uh, I, I think. I think you may be onto something there. So, but I got the playoff chase heating up. Um, it's an exciting time to be a baseball fan. So um, I'm with you. I'll be tuning in as well. Well, uh, we have got a big league episode of the podcast today. I'm super excited about it as a baseball fan, but also to dig into more of the, the agriculture side of what's going on north of us in Canada. So for our listeners, I have a question. Have you ever wondered about what it would be like to go from a professional athlete to a professional farmer. Well, you're definitely going to want to hear this as we have someone on the show today who can tell us more about that story. Uh, well, Ott, I'd say grab your glove because today's guest knows a thing or two about baseball. So I definitely plan on some curveballs, maybe even to change you up here and there. And I think we're going to hit a home run here on Dirt Road Discussions, or rather, I should say we're going to throw a perfect game today. So we are thrilled to be joined by retired professional baseball player, Philippe Almont. Philippe was drafted by the Seattle Mariners in the first round of the 2007 draft and later made his big league debut with the Philadelphia Phillies in 2012. He's also pitched for Team Canada in two World Baseball Classics. Uh, Philippe has been taking his his talents into agriculture and is now farming in Quebec. Uh, Philippe, thanks so much for joining us here on Dirt Road Discussions, and how are you today? Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. Awesome. Well, we just just thrilled to have you. Excited to jump into some of your background, uh, your baseball career, and also what you're doing now uh, in agriculture. So, Philippe, would you mind just starting off the podcast by telling us a little bit more about yourself and, and also your background? A little bit about me. Uh, I'm just, uh, just a regular guy doing regular stuff. <laughs> Had an opportunity to do something special, and I went with it. Born and raised in uh, just outside of Ottawa in Canada. Um, you know, I, I didn't have much going on as a kid. We uh, lived in a fairly normal neighborhood. I guess it was kind of on the rough side. Parents didn't have a whole lot of money. I just, I guess I was just going to be the average kid, I guess, on the block. But through sports, I was, I was always active. And then I, sort of baseball came around the age of 12. It was sort of more a thing of to get out of summer camps. I was tired of going to summer camps and a couple of my buddies were playing baseball. And I just, I just wanted to play. I just wanted to be with them instead of going to summer camp and go to the pool every day, I guess. And uh, yeah, just through, through the years, I, I just found myself, on better teams, I was, I guess I was scouted to every year to go to the upper levels and 
next thing you know, I, I didn't even realize, you know, you, you're part of a group of elite guys that are being followed around and, you know, you're somewhat getting drafted and I found myself in the first round. I don't even know how, uh, I guess it was just still a question to me how I, I, I got there so quick, but you know, I just went with it. It was something I wanted to do. And that's more, that's, 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 that's about me. I mean, I just, uh, I have, I have a brother is deceased now. I have two sisters. I was just a regular kid. that got an opportunity to play in the big leagues. You, uh, you downplay it quite a bit, but just from the little, you know, I've seen of you, my father always says, you know, Canada's where the men are men. And, uh, uh, you're six foot seven, look like you're uh, a man among men for sure. And I think you're exactly what major league sports are looking for when they when they see somebody. So you went and played in the big leagues. And then I guess where we're probably going to take this mostly is you transferred into agriculture. Tell us a little bit on maybe why you went that direction. And uh, has it always been a passion? Is it something you you learned about later? You know, agriculture is, is where my values are, are shared, I guess. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense, but much of the values of agriculture, like the family side, the gatherings, the, 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 the big families, everybody together, we work in the same direction sort of stuff is where my values are connected to that. I always love the, I always love my journeys when I visited farms. Uh, I love animals. I always felt there was a connection there somewhere between humans and animals and i just find it special i think it's it's a good it's a good way of i don't know giving back to the land and and you know I'm, i i sort of get deep into that you know this is kind of stuff i like i didn't really plan it out that way the way it sort of happened is is coven happened I'm in camp with the Blue Jays, uh, and then we all go home. We're sort of wondering what's going on with the world and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I was just kind of sitting there, and I'm the kind of person that I don't really like to sit around. I I, I got to move. I got to do something. I got to do something in my life. And I just, I don't know, I start looking around for for smaller scale farms, I guess, not as big as we have. Not a, I mean, not that our operation is, is, is super big right now, but, you know, I was looking for, I don't know, like a 10, 15 acre farm where I could just, you know, do a little something. And uh, my wife grew up a little bit working, you know, in stables, working with horses and stuff. So um, that's what we were looking at. And I found the farm that we, re, you know, we live on right now. When you start thinking about, retiring from baseball was something that you've been doing your whole life you know you have a high school degree you've never really thought about it you know a day job or whatever you start wondering like what the heck am I going to do with my life where do I go from here I didn't know much about the actual real world of you know working and and you know I was just playing baseball you know baseball players are where most athletes were still kids. Um, everything is taken care of. You don't have to worry about anything else in the world other than, you know, work out, play, and, and, and you know, somewhat manage your money in a way. But not everybody does that. But it's it, it just sort of, okay, what am I going to do with my life? Sort of agriculture was in the column of, okay, well, you don't, it's something that you, you sort of just go with it and you figure it out on your own type of thing. I mean, from what I've um, assessed to it as just, you know, just go with it and learn on the spot. I, I, I like to try new things. I thought 
well, farm is going to give me that. It's going to give me the opportunity to try a different, bunch of different stuff. It's going to give me the opportunity to have animals like I always liked when I went and visit farms and stuff. So it, it was uh, it was sort of a thing in process. We just went with it. And I mean, I, I don't regret it at all. I think it's a good spot where we're at. Yeah, absolutely. You touched on a lot of important things there just about you know, we work with farmers every day and values are super important to those in agriculture and just hard work, you know, those, those important things that are, that are the focus of, of their every day. So just curious as you, with you being a pitcher and of course, as the pitcher, you're kind of on your own Island out there on the field. I mean, you have your teammates behind you, but when it's just you out there, the focus is on you, you've got, you know, 30, 40,000 people in the stands. You can kind of feel like you're on an Island, but I guess in farming, it's a similar type deal where it, you're by yourself a lot, you're problem solving, you're, you're doing a lot of things like that. So yeah, what connections, other connections have you found between being a professional athlete, professional baseball player to, to being a farmer? Well, I mean, the the, the work dedication, the, the daily routines that you have to implement, you know, it's, 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 it's hard work. It's hard, honest work. Everything you do is, is for your own, you know, project or whatever you want to call it. And you have to be dedicated to it. I think that's it makes it very valuable in a way that when you succeed, it's always an extra feeling that you know you've accomplished something and you've been working towards that goal. So that's that's where that's where the connection is sort of you know I, I I'm, I'm not afraid of hard work. Most people look at me and they think I'm absolutely out of this world by going out there and and doing the stuff that I do. But I just I just believe that you got to earn your living some way. Yeah, there's ways to earn a living easier than others, but that's what I like to do. And I, I, I do it, you know, with with passion of, of hard working and doing it for the family, which, you know, it just makes it that much easier for me. That's pretty much where, where I stand with having the difference between the both of them. Um, baseball, baseball was sort of give it to me in a way. You know, I, I, I never... I never begged anybody, I never asked anybody to to be, you know, the next guy or on the on the next team or being whatever. But the farming stuff is I work for it and I, I get the results out of it and that's what's satisfying. I bet that is wonderful for your family as well. I mean, I can only imagine a the life of a, a family that is in baseball, their father being gone for most of the year. I mean, you guys play two hundred games and uh, all over the world, all over the nation, uh, I guess, North America. And then being back on the farm, you can have your kids and, and bring them with you every single day if you if you wanted to. Yeah, no, exactly. The family side of it is it was a big factor in the decision. That's I didn't see myself, you know, living in a suitcase, traveling all over the place, you know, having my kids not being able to figure out where's home. You know, they, they don't, you know, I think it's important for your kids to to be grounded and, and to know this is home. You know, when you bring your kids on the road all the time, I don't think they, they really, you know, realize, you know, where's home. And I, I didn't see it as a valuable experience for them. So I, I definitely chose a more grounded place where I, I, I stay home and family was something I wanted to build. It's something I never had something that I always dreamed of, of having, being able to share moments with your family is, you know, having big Christmases and parties and stuff like that. So, so this is where it all came together for me. You know, the farm, I think it made, uh, made everything possible in that way that I could get most of what I wanted into one place. So. 
That's great. Yeah. So sounds like you have kids. How many kids do you have? One, two, two girls. Awesome. That's awesome. So just kind of curious more on the baseball side, if I could just kind of your, your journey, as I mentioned, you were, you were drafting the first round and I think you were what, 18 or 19, right? Right out of high school you were drafted. Yeah. I was 18 years old. Yeah. So you're 18, you get drafted, you get thrown into the farm system and you start to play with people who are probably older than you that have a little more experience. I mean, what, what was that like? Just, just getting going with your professional career. I was completely clueless. I, I didn't know what was going on. I, I just, to me, it was just like, well, it's another place. Give me the ball. All I know is pitch. I, I barely, <laughs> I barely knew how to figure out how to rent an apartment or, you know, and, or to, I mean, uh, clueless. I mean, that's, that's the key word here. Just clueless. It's, uh, it was, is it is overwhelming a little bit, but you know, you, you have a structure. I mean, people take care of you, but you sort of get thrown in. You're 18 years old. I, like I said, like I, I'm 18. I started, I started playing ball when I was 12. That's six years before, let alone, Six years later, I'm in the biggest league in the world. Wow. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just like, what is going on here? But, you know, you, you, you live and learn. You, you figure it out on the spot. And that's been one of my biggest assets as as living where I grew up. Is, you know, you got to figure things on your own. I mean, it's, I think it's the best way. Nowadays, kids are just getting everything in, in their silver spoon. And I think it's going to create monsters in some ways, but mm-hmm. hopefully they, they realize that later, but it's just, you got to be able to figure things out on your own. And in and, and, and that scenario, I, yes, I was clueless, but I was still able to survive and, and, and to figure out, okay, what's what I need to do to, to get to the next step. And, but I was just playing ball. Just give me the ball. I want to pitch. I want to strike guys out. <laughs> Just want, to, just want to throw gas right and just want to throw gas and punch yeah. it. That's just, that was my mentality if you were if you were hitting a single off me i wanted to absolutely rip your head off i was like i want to strike everybody out and people were like well you need to calm down you need to be passive about the game and you know it's okay if they hit ground balls or fly outs i was like absolutely not i want 100 and 60 out of 160 guys I faced. That's what I was my mentality. Oh, I love it. I love it. (laughs) I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And if I could just follow up on that, I mean, so you played for Team Canada and and I think two World Baseball Classics, and I think you played in some other Pan Am games, things like that. I mean, it's it's a little different, right, in professional baseball where it's more on the development side, but when you're playing for your country, right, it's like – it's go time. And I'm, can you just touch more on, on that experience and what it was like to put on that, that Jersey for your country and just go to work? That, I mean, that was the best baseball um, I played. Um, I think aside the, you know, the big leagues where the big leagues, you know, you're, you're there to win, but there's too many games. Yeah. You know, there's too many games where, you know, you lose five in a row. Yeah. We're, we're sort of on the downside to be honest. Like, you know, you lose five in a row, like, guys are going to be like, ah, whatever, let's hit the showers and, and bounce and have a, go have a drink. Coaches will panic, you know, that's for sure, because their jobs are on the line. But when you play international baseball 
Every game matters. It's do or die every night. You know, sometimes you play format where you, you know, you, you could you could lose one, but you can't lose by much because you know if you're in a tiebreaker. So that's that makes the game more important. And I always hated the feeling in professional baseball where you know you lose a game or yada yada. Or sometimes coaches are just coming in. All right, let's get them tomorrow for the international baseball. You know, you come together, you play ball, and you know it's a pride. It's country, it's, you know, it's it's your colors versus their colors, and, and you're trying to win golds. I thought it was the best baseball, even though caliber-wise, it might not have been, you know, big leagues. Obviously, you're not making that money. Mm. But as far as competition, I thought it was the best competition. All right, Cameron, I got to get you off of the, yeah, sorry the baseball that, huh? world. Yeah. <laughs> Believe, can you kind of describe – uh, your area in Quebec and uh, your farm a little bit. Uh, so we uh, we we bought the farm. So the way the way it works here um, to buy the farm, we had to do a business plan so we can you know obviously get finance for it and all that yada yada. We didn't know much about farming. We we know nothing to be honest. We're at zero. We my wife knew a little bit about horse how to you know, take care of them and clean them and brush them a little bit here, here and there. But, but we wanted to do it. So we're just like, all right, how do we do this? Luckily, the farm that we bought, the, the, the owner was, uh, he had greenhouses and he'd been looking to, to sell the farm for almost six or seven years. Nobody would buy that. And I don't know why, but now I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a piece of, um, <laughs> But, you know, he, he was he was kind enough um, in a way. You know, it was sort of a uh, an agreement that we would buy the farm. We had the funds. We, we were willing to do the business plan. But he would have to, you know, help us run it for a year, sort of show us the way. And um, so that kind of – that's how we, we ended up buying the farm. We grew vegetables and greenhouses. That was our entry point. After the first year, total chaos. The wifey, you know, we had our second child. We just learned, I don't know, everything. We needed to be, you know, business partners. We needed to do finance. We need to do administration. We need to sell our product. We need to grow it. We need to, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff going on. It was absolutely nuts. And we felt that the greenhouse wasn't really our way of farming. It was, it was too much. I mean, it was, it was a big, big, big commitment. And obviously, my wife, she was working for the government. She was on parental leave for the baby. But once she was done with that, she was going to go back to working at her day job. And I would be sort of by myself in there. Um, and I thought it was just too much. You know, it was just like, okay, well, this is, might be too much just for one. If we would have been both of us, we would have been okay. But so we decided to flip that. Now we, uh, we have livestock. So we switched it to livestock. We have pigs, we have, uh, sheep and, uh, we had chickens for a while, but they were all gone. Coyotes kind of love that snack. So, um, <laughs> we, <laughs> it, uh, it forgot a couple variants that uh, the wild is the wild um so we fed we fed a few coyotes uh, <laughs> things are fine uh and then the sheeps we have a donkey that's sort of protecting them and being a guardian so 
Yeah, so we, we turned to livestock because it's a, I feel it's a little bit more part-time-ish for now and easier to sort of getting to, you know, we can, we decide a little bit more on what comes out, what comes in. And so we decided to go that route. We have nobody in our area that's doing what we're doing. So we're, we're sort of capitalizing on that as well. We just felt that vegetables in our area are getting crushed. We get all these veggies from Mexico that are coming up and they're sort of being given to us for free. I'm talking groceries. So now I'm fighting, I was fighting at the time to sell my product and I'm busting my ass in a way and there's a, there's a market for that. There's, a, you know, prices that I can't compete with the, you know, grocery prices. And, you know, yeah. people are, they're going to go so much on the, you know, we have to support locally that when you're selling, let's say, I don't know, pickles, you know, I don't know, you're selling by the pound. If, if you're selling, I don't know, like six bucks a pound, I'm just throwing numbers out there. But at the grocery store, it's a dollar fifty because they're coming in. So, you know, they're big bulks and they want to get rid of them. Well, people are not going to buy mine. They're going to go to grocery stores and mm. Uh, we just we just had a hard time with that. We decided to sort of infiltrate a market where nobody's around and we can be a little bit more around the market price than just to fight with, you know, grocery stores. So you bet. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately that's the reality for a lot of farmers. Just yeah, man, it's tough to compete with, with those kinds of prices. But I think it's interesting that shift to livestock. Are you guys looking to expand more? More sheep, more pigs. What about cows? You guys thinking about going that direction or? You know, cows, we, we yeah, probably. Um, maybe in, in the future. We, uh, right now, we have about 40 some acres of pastures. We're thinking about probably taking about 10 of them for, we want to do pasture pigs and we want to be able to rotate with pigs so they don't sort of rejuvenate the soil it doesn't damage the whole thing because they can be uh they can dig up they can they can do some damage if you don't watch them so with the rest of them we want to obviously grow a little bit of you know hay we want to grow so it doesn't give us a whole lot of room for cows for to go and get a market for it that's what i'm trying to do is to do cows, you know, you, from what I've I, I've studied around, you know, you probably need 200, 250 cows or, or cattle to sort of, you know, have an abundance of, of, of product that you can fulfill the needs. I don't think that our land is set for that. Yeah. So if we ever do cows, it'll be for our own and then maybe our surroundings, but it won't be our product of what we're going to advertise that, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of um, taking care of. So pigs, even though sheeps, sheeps is, 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 a, is a fine market and everybody likes it. So it's, it's more on the sort of the same thing, you know, it's just kind of worth the mouth and, you know, we'll just kind of get it around like that. But pigs, we're going to go all out. We can, we can ride that market. Nobody around is, is going to be able to do what we're going to do with the type of land that we have. So we're going to ride that wave. You bet. That's, that's amazing. It's, it's awesome to hear what people are able to do. I mean, there's a lot of farmers that think, oh, with that 40 acres, you know, you can't make any money off of it. And then if you do it somewhere different or do something different, there's a million ways to make money off of 40 acres of land. 
hundred percent. I mean, that, that's, that's the beauty of farming. I think, I mean, that's, that's what attracts me to it is you can do whatever you want the way you want it. You make it work your way. Obviously there's better ways than others, you know, don't go and do what people are like, well, this is not really the way to do it. You know, it's, Obviously, you study, you, you know, you got to read about it. You watch Joe Saladin's videos. He's the man. Uh, <laughs> sort of feed off people that have been doing it for a while. And, and you sort of try to incorporate that with it, with what you have. But there's always ways to, to, to make something. So obviously, the bigger the animal, you know, you got to have the land for it. So pigs earn sort of in the medium range. You don't need a huge amount of land to to grow pigs and then i was told the smaller that animal is the more profit you get so that was sort of you know what we sort of went through we were just like well chicken somebody else is doing chicken in the area i'm not going to just kind of try and grow a chicken operation i mean i could probably but again it will be for our entourage you make you still make money off of it but you're not going to get the market so you got to go get the market that's that's available to you. So, but we, we, you know, we have a small team that, you know, we, we shoot the gigs, you know, we're just like, Hey, you know, what are we doing? Should we do this? Should we do that? And that's how we go about it. Yeah. You mentioned kind of big and small animals. And I mean, you're a big dude, you're, you're six, seven. So as far as disadvantages, advantages of farming when being that tall, right. I'd imagine it's kind of hard on the body bending yeah. over weeding, uh, harvesting vegetables, things like that. What, what other advantages, disadvantages have you seen just from, just from your height in farming? Well, I mean, obviously if you go on the vegetable side that we had, that was, that was tough. Like I said, you're on your knees, you know, you bend over and it's, it's just a long way from six, seven to the ground. So it always be- <laughs> nah, I mean, if you have orchids, I mean, you're picking trees or whatever, that's, that's a different story. I don't need ladders. It's cheaper. on a- <laughs> You know, it could go both ways, but I mean, like you said, it's got, I got my advantages, disadvantages in, in, in some areas. Tell you what, my boar is about 400 pounds, but you know, with my, I mean, I, I've, I've wrestled them a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> Did you win? If Yeah, absolutely. I won. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, like, I'm thinking, oh, like, buddy, you don't scare me. Like, I, if I <laughs> right here you're gonna stay right here i'm gonna drag you i tied him up and i drew i drew him back in his pen uh, <laughs> but that's my advantage you know if i would have been five seven i would have been bullied but you know it's just uh yeah some that are going your way some are not yeah all right i got a question you're getting out of the big leagues you tell all your friends you know i think i'm gonna start farming yeah. they say are you insane you know go uh-huh. Hung, hang out on an island with us or were they in for it hundred percent or have they come and seen you put them to work on the farm yeah yeah they they've called they all they all supported us but i mean obviously at the beginning they're like what are you doing like are you sure is this what you want to do like most of them literally i think 100 percent of everybody that we told they're like you know this is hard work right they all said that they all said like you're going to be working 12, 15 hours a day. Every single one of them, they all said that. Okay, well, I mean, that's that's not the point. The point is, what can we get out of it? And that was that was our idea. Like, what what can we get out of it? We don't we don't really care if you have to work six hours or eight hours or twelve hours or fifteen hours a day. Like, we our goal was to you know look at what we can get out of it. But, but yeah, they all said that. 
but they all support us now. Like, I mean, I think we do a fantastic job of providing a source of food that is clean, no antibiotics, no chemicals, no nothing. You know, they, it's, it's clean farm food. So it's, uh, and it's directly to your fridge. It's not, there's no middleman. There's nobody else touching that piece of meat other than me, the processor and right to, to you. So, you know, they, they, they support us, but obviously they thought we were a little bit insane. <laughs> Yeah, I think if you get the chance, you gotta you gotta get them up there to your your place and and put them to work. I mean, baseball's baseball's tough, but I mean, working on a farm and and making your operation work, I think that's that's true hard work there. So, um, yeah, get them up there. But it's <laughs> satisfying. You know, it doesn't have to be hard work all the time. There's plenty of ways. And again, you know, you got to research. You got to take the time at night when you have I don't know thirty minutes. Do some research, find ways to, to make it more advantageous in your way of, you know, are you doing work? Like, you know, obviously don't put, you know, pigs in one corner and then pigs in the other one. And then, you know, you got to walk with buckets of feeds and, you know, you, you find ways to make it efficient. That's one of the fun part out of it is, is I have to constantly think, okay, how can I make this more efficient? Now I'm going to add a couple sows to our, our, our production. Like, where should I put them? Like, and then, you know, you figure all these things out, but efficiency is, is, you know, it's got to be in your plans to accommodate and, and constantly revise how can I be more efficient it is hard work, but it doesn't have to be all that hard work all the time. You have to figure that out. Yeah, absolutely. So, Philippe, if I could just maybe ask you just one more baseball question before we, we wrap up here. Um, just just kind of curious, as you're in the minors, right, and you're you're doing well, and you get that call to the big leagues, could you just talk about that moment and then also maybe just what it was like making your, your, your major league appearance and and what that experience was like you know getting getting that call i get goosebumps right now it's, it's pretty cool um <laughs> you know it was it was just uh it was it was a cool moment you know you just you worked all, all these years in the minors to to get there and you know usually it's you know they always say you know it's it's tough you know you're you're, you're in a small group of of elite players that get to go there and, and play it's it's gratifying, you know, is and then you know, you get to make a bunch of phone calls to people that, you know, are are supporting you and to announce them that, you know, I have arrived. Um, you know, I, I have I'm making it. I actually made it and and to know that you will be forever in the books. That was that was pretty special. That was that was cool. Um even cooler when you get on the mound and you're standing there and you're so nervous you don't feel your body and that's like well that's really really, um that was terrifying terrifying to not feel your body and you're just like okay i'm in front of 25 30,000 people looking at me and like you said you're by yourself on the mound so if i don't throw the baseball the game doesn't advance so i have to throw this baseball for me to get three outs to get out of here as quick as i can that's terrifying but you know once you you do it, you sit down, you're like, whoa, this is was this was so nerve-wracking, adrenaline rush. And 
you know, it's a feeling that I, I it, it's it's very hard to describe unless you you experience adrenaline to a point where your your body is numb. You know, it's uh, I don't think you anybody will be able to understand. But um, and then that's that's the feeling that's just you know you you sort of trying to go for more and more. And you hear a lot of guys when they when they start you know when they actually fun fun little story when I was with Roy Halswald, um, he retired and we, we got, I got to speak with him after he's like, I retired because he's like, I was more excited when I saw a deer in my sights than when I got on the mound as far as the journey. That's just speaks for, you know, the guys that are just like, well, when the game starts getting boring, you know, it's starting, it's kind of your way out. So we're always looking for that adrenaline rush. We like the big crowds. That's what gets you going and gets you what you need. We're sort of adrenaline junkies in ways. So, man, makes all the the work you put into it worth it when you're finally standing there and you're like, man, this is this is pretty cool. So, uh, yeah. appreciate you entertaining me there. That was that's just a really neat experience. So, Philippe, I've got a one last question on our yeah. podcast. We like to look down the road. Uh, what do you see as the future of your your little farm there in Quebec? I mean, I I just see our operation just growing to the needs. We're not in a big rush as far as as growing, you know, extremely big. I think we want to sort of settle into what the needs are and obviously promote the local um, agriculture and and to provide with a source of foods that are provide a, a safe, healthy foods for our communities. That, that's about it. And like I said, we're, we're regular people. We don't, I don't want to be in the spotlight about anything. I just, I just do honest work and I, I do what needs to be done. I just, uh, I'm just uh, another regular guy that's trying to provide for, for families around. So it's just, it's a cool thing to do. It's, it's gratifying at the end of the day. That's where, that's where I want to take my business to. Awesome. You bet. Yeah. Once, once again, we've been joined by uh, Philippe Amont. Uh, former professional baseball player and and now professional farmer. So, um, Philippe, we we definitely appreciate your time. Appreciate all you do for your community up there. And um, yeah, we're just excited to see where your farm goes. And we wish you the the best of luck moving forward. So yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was, it was a pleasure. It's fun talk. Thank you. Yep. Pleasures are so. Well, I guess with that, we will wrap up another episode of Dirt Road Discussions, and we will see you down the road.